Are you today? I'm okay. Cool. I'm doing all right. And everybody watching or listening, it's uh, this is Clay. I'm Clay, and it's Melissa for the Turtle Reads podcast. Hello. Um, yeah, we got a new setup, so it's a little feeling a little weird, but it'll be fine. It feels cozy. <laughs> yeah. But it feels like you're in a stranger's cozy space. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'll get get used to it. Yeah. And it'll change up some more. This is just the beginning of of the renovations, so. Yeah, you can tell this is this is gonna be a dope studio. The you can tell there's a musician that did this because of the there's just a quality the the, the carpeting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. This is like an expert here. It's like put velvet <laughs> curtains. It absorbs the sound and it's affordable. <laughs> I, I know all this. I know some of this stuff. I'm not gonna say I know all this stuff. I know. Oh I man, know. I wish he was in here. He was. He was asking <laughs> if he if he should leave the studio or sit in. And I'm like, it's up to you, dude. If you want to listen, and uh, now we're shitting on him, and it's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> just show it to him later. <laughs> um, no, he's a good friend. But uh, musicians are great. They they really they got a good appreciation for sound quality. Yeah. So it's good. But I can also shit on it. <laughs> shit on everyone. <laughs> Equal opportunity shitting on. How about you? How you doing? I'm good. Um, yeah, just it it, it kind of was sprung on me that we couldn't do it yesterday, so that kind of got me like threw you meh. Off. Yeah, yeah. I read, I blasted through that thing on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I had I'm to like, kind of read it. Be ready. I, I I read it a little bit last last uh, minute too, but it was it was a uh, very because um, this is actually one of the the only witch's book that i read before like whenever i was younger of all the other ones yeah i hadn't read equal rights or any of them and then i but i had read this one because i was like oh it's phantom of the opera cool you know that's easy to (laughs) and so it was like i hadn't read anything about magret or like there being a a coven before i didn't know anything about Grebo turning into a human that just happened randomly and i was like okay apparently there's a cat that turns into people Yeah, I get, yeah, you were just kind of thrown out there. You didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, you're, you're like watching a part two of a movie. Part five of a movie. Yeah, exactly. You're like part five of Phantasm. Um, yeah. So then you didn't know why what Granny Weatherwax was. I mean, uh, I had cranky read or why they were acting that way. I had read before that. I had read a. Uh, it's actually the like the end of the Witches series. I read first uh, Tiffany Aching, her t- her tale. She's a uh, they call it the chalks in Discworld. It's like this uh, fresh green land with like mostly sheep her- herds, and, and uh, it's a lot of like chalky uh, ground, like mm-hmm. rocky chalk mm-hmm. ground. And uh, there's this young witch who grows up there, and it's the first book is called The Wee Free Men. It's those little blue Scottish dudes that I, was, that I talk about. They follow her around, and uh, she. Learns a lot from Granny Weatherwax. So that's where I first was introduced to her. Mm-hmm. Is that, Granny Weatherwax becoming evil? What's happening? No. Or is just too powerful? No, if she, if she didn't accept that all the stuff she does have consequences, then she would be evil. If she tried to get away from the consequences. But, like, you know, she caught the sword. Mm-hmm. And then later she went home and let that damage happen to her and had to bandage it, bandage it up. Yeah. She, she accepts the consequences of her actions. Yeah, I guess. She avoids witchcraft. Yeah. 
She's as much as possible. She's a chiropractor. Yeah. She she just fucks with people's heads as much as she can. Like she avoids using actual magic as much as possible because she knows she'll in order to not get twisted, she has to accept the consequences. Have you ever been to a chiropractor? Nope. There was this neighbor that I used to have when I was living with my aunt who was a chiropractor and it was this weird um, ritual almost that would happen where she'd invite him over for coffee and they would hang out and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And fuck. But then, no, no, no. <laughs> I, friend, I think he might have been gay, but he was but <laughs> the Dominican Republic, so not gay, a bachelor. So he would show up at coffee, right? And then for some reason, we would all then line up one behind the other to go get chiro- free chiropractic from him, uh, where he would just he would crack our backs and then snap our necks. Hmm. One after the other. For so I don't know what the fuck that was all about. That's wild. But that happened. All right. Like every two months. Hmm. I mean, hey, that's a good deal. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very skeptical of chiropractic. I was going to say, yeah, I think it's. Yeah. It's, for the most part, it's it's like a lot of. Because like, yeah, I crack my knuckles. It doesn't make them feel better. I just do it <laughs> just because it's like. I think it feels good. It feels good in the moment, those, but it's not going to help out long run. I think that actually causes arthritis. I think it's more... Well, <laughs> I think they, they disproved the, the cracking causing arthritis, but I think that chiropractic works about 10 to 15% of what it acts like it does. You, you know? Yeah. I think it's a good... It might help a little bit, but not what yeah, they're saying. It's, it's just good for some TLC. Yeah. And, and, and then for that way, in that way. So you psychologically, that's like going to get a manicure. Yeah. In a way, right? But, and it just feels nice. <laughs> it's cracked up. <laughs> and like, all right, get out of here. And you're just skipping away. Like, that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> that's it. But I think... You know what I did? A sensory deprivation tank last weekend. Because nice. it was, it was, I, I got a, a gift certificate for Gene for his birthday. Okay. So we we went to some douchey ass cold plunge place mm-hmm. and they had we went on a float tank. How was it? It was good. Have you ever done it? I've never done it before. Uh, no, I know the I know the idea though. And it was my first time. It's it. it I want to do shrooms and go in a century deprivation tank. That would be insane. That would, I saw. I was seeing shit. Yeah. And I was not on shrooms. So if you are on shrooms, you will go insane. I'll do. I'll do it normal first. But I think I'm. Big enough of a psychonaut, I, I I can get myself in and out of trips, bad trips, shit like that. Mm-hmm. A sensory deprivation tank, if it does, if I can just see stuff with just normal, I'll be like, cool, this is awesome. <laughs> I don't have to actually take a drug to do this. Yeah, you'll see shit. But then, how deep does that rabbit hole go? It goes pretty. And I will, I will, no, I'll, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes. Oh, so yeah. I'll, I'll be like, all right, can I do like an hour? Mm-hmm. In the sensory deprivation tank, and then can I do an hour on shrooms on yeah. like a heroic dose? It's by the hour. <laughs> on a hero- oh my let's, god! <laughs> let's see how deep that goes. You just go completely insane. No, I want to explore the universe and have time to 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 stop and smell the roses. <laughs> All right, Clay. You, you want you want to be attuned is what you want. You want to be the turtle with the discworld on your back. You want to become him. <laughs> Or her. It's a girl, right? Because she had eggs at some point. No, I think they said it was a dude. Oh, it is at a dude. one point. Yeah, I think okay. it's a, I think it's a, a a male turtle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, just remember that because I didn't know this. That it's salt water. Salt so water you turtle. Rinse off really well after because I did not rinse off well. Oh, salt water I, in the. Yeah. T- in, I yeah, look yeah. like I had jumped in chalk. Yeah, the rest of the day. It, I'm eating a 
brisket sandwich it's, just covered in powder. The idea is it's the thickest, like it's uh, the Dead Sea. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I know, uh, it's I realized like, that. I, I've been in the Dead Sea, actually. Nice. Uh-huh. It was funny because I went with a class and his is, the, nothing survives in that yeah. kind of water, right? Except for, except for a kind of bacteria that's just general family is known as archaea. Which just means old, old bacteria. But it's it's this bacteria, and it's the only thing that survives in there. But here's the thing: um, it makes your your genitals tingle, or not. That's the thing, or not. So I remember I went in with these girls, and it was like some of them were like, "My pussy's like," and then and then I was like, "I don't feel anything," and some of them were like, "No." So there was just this it's all about pH balance or something. We weird didn't shit. know. We didn't know. <laughs> so so it was like this weird girl moment where we just we just kind of all looked at each other and and was like, "We're not going to talk about how some of us might have dirty pussies, right?" Okay, just <laughs> and you, because y'all don't know. That's yeah. hilarious. There's half of y'all have dirty pussies, half of y'all have good pussies, and you don't know but which we don't half know is which. which. You, yeah. <laughs> so you're all just like, "We're yeah. just going to shut up about this. This is, is, is not is being talked so about." So dirty that it's it's uh it's like gloss. It's like a, a membrane over the, the pussy, so that you don't. Feel anything, you know, or is it the or, other way around where you're it's so dirty that the arcade are like yummy, 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 and then you're just and they want to eat your pussy, and so that's what you're feeling. So, who knows? I think it's that one, but who knows? That's great. Uh, I mean, that would suck for dudes though, because like it happens to dudes too, yeah, yeah, that that would but and that would suck because like I mean. I don't know if that sucks more for chicks or dudes. Like ours is an external thing that's getting eaten away and tingling. Else is an internal thing. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's I all like, it's all external. They can't get really in there. Yeah, so, but, no worries. All right, but then we also all have anuses. Yeah, so there's that. That that I'm sure. Well, yeah. that that would be the way to tell because pretty much everybody's ass is is dirty. Hey, if the archaea is is eating crud off of your junks, then that could be cool. You could stick your ass in, in the Dead Sea every once in a while. The people near the Dead Sea who yeah. like go bathe there every day, who like live around it. But then there's they're just the cleanest who... motherfuckers on the yeah. planet, dude. <laughs> just they just go walk through the asses. Dead Sea every day, and then they come out, and it's like <laughs> they, all their shit is just like smooth yeah. as fuck and clean. Yeah, it's a it's the bacteria version of. Um, you know those uh, fish stations underwater where a shark yeah. will come by and then they all eat its teeth, yeah. crud out, and then they're like, "Okay, good to go," like a car wash. But that's it's that's it for our asses. I think that's wonderful. They should put some archaea in the float tanks. That would be cool. <laughs> be kind of creepy. Though. Get it clean. Get yeah. cleaned while you do it. Get your ass clean. <laughs> all right. Anyway, so and before we get to more ass talk this episode, like yeah, yeah, we gotta stay with one. mass talk. That was way too much last. Time. Dude, I, I listened to that episode. I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. We talked about poop <laughs> for a while, <laughs> but I, I felt also kind of proud of how we just forged ahead. Yeah, and just straight up had the convo. It was no bullshit. Yeah, nobody tried. No, nobody. Neither one of us was too try hard. Yeah, it was just the facts. We shit our pants. Yeah, I told, here uh, are our stories. Yeah, I, I told the most embarrassing story I have. I yeah, mean. me too. I've actually <laughs> never said that before. I've never told anybody that that ever happened until that day. <laughs> and now everyone knows. Yeah, now we have it on record. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just can't. Anyway, so yeah, masquerade. Indeed. Uh, this is a fantasy novel by British writer Terry Pratchett, the 18th book in the Discworld series. And it's, I believe, the fifth in the Witches series with uh, Granny Weatherwax and Nanny Og. Magrat is no longer part of it, and they 
the whole part of the book is them trying to get Agnes Knit to join them uh, in their coven, and the book is basically the Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you ever read the original? No, I've seen the movie and you know that all that, but I haven't read the actual Phantom of the Opera book. Book is cool because uh, the only details you'd you'd have there that you wouldn't have in the movie is it was an old book, and back in the day, those like, turn of the century books would would really detail certain interesting parts of it, like his underground lair. Yeah, it was a lot of detail, but it was really interesting, okay. like how basically it was a lake underground. And so you had to get to his fortress by canoe, yeah. right? There's that part. But then you get in there. He has torture chambers, but crazy psychological torture chambers where uh, he put two guys in a, that they, they were trying to save the girl, mm-hmm. put two guys in this room that was covered in bronze. And in the middle of the room was a bronze tree. And um, then what happens is the room begins to get hot and hotter and hotter oh. and so it's psychological because so it's just this awful torture where you you're trying to get away from the floor you try to climb the tree the tree is yeah. hot metal and just every it's just insane hmm it's but, like that bronze cow that you get cooked in but it's like kind of like got that, a whole inverse. psychological part yeah that's wild yeah all right I'm a, i might read that because that mm-hmm. they they tried to go into deep detail and, and masquerade about the the underground lair and like it had a kind of lake thing with floating lanterns in it and right. shit like that. Um, but that'd be cool. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go read that. <laughs> I guess just read that scene. <laughs> Skip the rest. You already know the story. Um, so the story begins with Agnes Knit leaving Lanker to seek a career at an opera house in Ain't Morpork, recently purchased by Seldom Bucket, formerly a cheesemonger. When Granny Weatherex realizes Nanny Og has written an immensely popular cookbook, but has not been paid by the publisher, and that the nom de plume of a Lanker witch may lead people to believe that she rather than Nanny Og wrote it, the witches leave for Ankh Morport to collect the money. Um, I did want to say, there actually, they released a real version of Nanny Og's cookbook that I'm going to buy. You have to okay. make the pudding. Wait, why? Because <laughs> <laughs> of the book? Yeah, yeah. Like, it it was like weird as fuck that she made the pudding and it was like, I thought it was supposed to be like a, a metaphor for like them becoming horny. That's what I thought. But they were just becoming like super hot. That's like, it. Like they were just heating up. I, I don't know. They didn't fuck. That means that the pudding probably just has a lot of chili in it. Chilies. Possibly. I could eat that. I would, I would be down for this. <laughs> Do you like hot food? Not really, but I would be willing to try this. Try it. Like I, I, I'd be... Um, I'm going to get the, it's only like 18 bucks on Amazon. I'm going to order it, and then I want to try a few of the things for sure. Oh, man, you don't like hot food, but you're Cajun? How 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 did you survive? Look, that's a misnomer. Uh-oh. We are not, it's not just spices in Cajun food. It's like flavor. It, oh, we're, sorry, we're, right, it's I know good sensitive flavor. topic here. No, it's just, it's, <laughs> uh, literally, uh, they had some, and whenever I was in Seattle, we were talking at a bar, everybody was saying what race they were. And the girl looks at me. She's like, oh, what are you? And I'm like, I'm Cajun. And she goes, oh, I didn't even know Cajun was a people. I thought it was just a spice. And I'm like. <sighs> well, she's just a dumb bitch. She is. But <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah, that that's just like, it's a weird thing. It's like, oh, you have to like spicy food. You're Cajun. And I'm like, no, I like it be flavorful. I like, I like flavor. Spice isn't flavor. It's just hot. She didn't know Cajuns were a people. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Did you not want to smack her at that point? Of course. Or just, just kind of 
turn away? <laughs> I did. I did. I'm like, because, yeah, everybody else is doing uh, behind the bar was like, yeah, I'm Mexican and then all this shit. And she's like, I didn't know Cajun was a people. I thought it was a spice. And me and the bartender just like looked at each other. I'm like, I need another drink. <laughs> yeah. He was like, on the house. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm j- apparently just a spice. That's all I am. You're a spice. <laughs> You're a spicy man. <laughs> But um, yeah, they all. Uh, back to the plot. She's kind but, of like the, as dumb as the that girl in this book, Christine. Christine. God. Yeah, that that's a dumb. Was bitch. it the same bitch? Basically, same dumb bitch. <laughs> Damn. Um, they also hope to recruit Agnes into their coven to replace Magret Garlic, who left the coven when she became Queen of Lanker in Lords and Ladies, the last one we read. This has the side benefit of distracting Granny from becoming obsessive and well and self-centered, or so Nanny believes, to her great relief. En route, they mu- they meet Henry Slug, an ain't more Porkian opera singer who adopted a Brindigian Brindigian persona of Enrico Basilica to further his career, but yearns for ain't more Porkian cuisine after years of Brindigian. Pasta, squid, and tomato sauce. And Granny makes a, a deal with Death for him to not, for him not to claim the fatally ill son of an innkeeper. I get, I get that. <laughs> Italian food, real Italian food, is not American Italian food. No, yeah, I saw a thing recently of uh, they were making like a fettuccine or whatever. Uh, like some Italian family was making like an actual like. Uh, Fettuccine and oh god dang it what happened? And he likes meat pies and stuff. I totally I started making meat pies. Yeah, you you tell me all the time. Oh wait, I, I actually made four more. I can I can save you one. I awesome. got enough now. Yeah, this batch came out pretty good too. I put some uh, gouda on top inside. Nice. Um. Yeah, they uh they were making like this fettuccine alfredo or whatever and it's literally just noodles butter and uh, cheese like they just mixed it together all hot like that's not how you you make it here in america but no i bet you that tastes so good dude i bet it tastes great but i also like american food i do because that's on my name you know this is what i eat this is what i'm from and it's any ethnic cuisine becomes american here and how because we add butter and milk and cream and mayonnaise and cheese. And then it becomes, right? Because that's what happened to Tex-Mex. Yeah. That's what happened to Indian food with um, chicken tikka masala. Was with some British person was like, well, so we say, and just, this needs cream. And they just put a bunch of cream in their Indian food. And he was like, this tastes better. It- <laughs> yeah. It's cream great. does make stuff taste really good. Of course it does. Basically, what Americans add to food is wealth. <laughs> excess excess which is amazing because it's it's basically we add you know we add cow that's what we add yeah because all of a sudden it starts to be steak and all of the 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 cow products that's what we do you're welcome world (laughs) but uh real italian food is really delicious all the time but if you have to eat it every day, I think I also would get kind of a little sick of it. Yeah. I mean, I would ultimately, like, spaghetti is one of my favorite things. I love spaghetti. Uh, but, like, I, I like it. Like, gnocchi. I've had Noki's real so gnocchi. It's really good. I've had, I've, I feel like, just spread it out enough. You know, spaghetti one day, chicken alfredo the next. Like, spread it out enough. 
you you'll you'll be good it's, it's the same thing <laughs> with cra- with uh cajun food like mm-hmm. me personally i could do crawfish etouffee every day forever but <laughs> still if you don't feel like crawfish etouffee you can make a gumbo you can make a jambalaya you can make a uh yeah, you need a variety uh shrimp fettuccine catfish stuff a fried catfish that's all i know <laughs> fried or, or uh alligator oh alligator frog's legs yeah. Uh, but alligator, you have to wrap it in bacon or something, right? Because it doesn't have enough fat. Yeah, it does. It does? And people just don't cook it right. Oh, I see. I was, I'm was. i just basing this off a TikTok video, <laughs> just so you know. TikTok <laughs> chefs suck. <laughs> oh, no. I, I have to say that. this That whole thing with, like, influencer chefs making, like... It's all a show. Yeah. Uh, you might, they might as well be throwing glitter on the grill. It's basically what they do. It's wild. The shit that I've seen. And, and then some of them are f- like supposed trying trying to be funny and are funny. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they like throw like dry noodles in a pan and like right. cook everything together. And it's Saw like just stupid. And then it's edited and all of a sudden it looks good. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. This, okay, I get it. But. but that's the interesting thing about cooking. If you're a really, this is what I've noticed. And this, I am a, I'm a good cook. I'm not. I am a little better than good, actually, right? But I'm not. I'm not an amazing cook. Right? I'm a really good, like, mom chef yeah. kind of shit, right? But I've seen other good cooks, and uh, and what I notice is the better you are at cooking, the less flashy it is. Yeah. In fact, you don't even know that anything is even fucking happening. Yeah. No, you don't know. It. It. You just see the person kind of moving some shit around with a wooden spoon, and then it's something. <laughs> And it's ready, and it does the most amazing. Yeah, the people that make the most uh, production cooking tend to produce the less good food. Yeah, that's what I've noticed. Yeah, it's either a lot of show or pretty or pretty good. Like, yeah. yeah, an amazing chef. Like all you see is them picking lint out of their belly button and something <laughs> steaming on the stove, and you're like, "What the fuck?" And they're just like, "Go sit over there," and then then, then it's amazing. It, you never, yeah. you don't even. It's like magic. Yeah. You can't. I don't even think you can see how it works because that, that takes away the magic. This is what I think. <laughs> Do you agree? Yeah, you're a good cook. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. talking about. It, it, cooking it, is so boring looking. Yeah, the best version of my crawfish etouffee is the most boring. Like not yeah. throwing in a bunch of shit, just the basic shit, and yeah. really cook quiet. it down over a long time, and make sure you get the frond or from whatever the fuck on the bottom of the pot and yeah. shit like that. It's basically you watching. Yeah. Yeah, it's very methodical, and then you're just watching. You're like in an aquarium, yeah. but everything's dead. You killed it. You're cooking it now. <laughs> it's what's for dinner. Anyway, all right. So cooking, uh, yeah. Okay, we'll make a pudding. Granny's. But her thing is magic, right? Her uh, cookbook? I mean, there, and there's a few things. We don't have to do the pudding. They have uh, I have Newt, which is the pickled I have Newt. I'm not going to eat that one. Can you even get that? It, it's not literal I. Oh, okay. Something that you, you make it and it looks like an eye. That's gross. <laughs> what is this, peeling a that, ja- uh, uh, grape. <laughs> I'm gonna order it and, and I'll give it to you. We'll, we'll, we'll or I'll show it to you. We'll see what we can, what stuff we <laughs> will we'll want to make. Um, yeah, that would be a good TikTok video series. Yeah, you just eating um, foods that you make from uh, Nanny Og's cookbook. Mm-hmm. Not bad. All right. Uh, Agnes Knit is chosen as a member of the chorus where she meets Christine, a more popular but less talented girl whose father lent Bucket large sums of money to purchase the opera house. 
The opera ghost, who has long haunted the opera house without much incident, begins to commit seemingly random murders staged as accidents, and also requests that Christine be given lead roles in several upcoming productions. Due to her incredibly powerful, versatile, and possibly magical voice, Agnes is asked to sing the parts from the background. Unbeknownst to Christine or the audience, after swapping rooms with Christine, Agnes begins receiving late-night training from the opera ghost originally intended for Christine. <clears throat> Christine has ADD. She can't even remember those lessons anyway. Yeah, no, she, she, she's dumb. Uh, <laughs> having discovered the problems at the opera house and also having coerced the publisher to pay Nanny richly for her book, and she makes like 3,000-something gold on her book, mm-hmm. uh, the witches investigate the mystery, with Granny posing as a rich patron using Nanny's royalties, Nanny insinuating herself into the Opera House staff, and Grebo being transmogrified into human form, as during Witches Abroad, to pose as Granny's companion. Uh, that was pretty funny, about having Granny go and basically go on a shopping spree with Nanny's money, and then, uh, yeah, just doing her thing mm-hmm. in, like, formal wear. Yeah. Like, that was pretty funny. It was odd, too, how... She went to get a, a pedicure, but then her feet were perfect. Yeah. What the hell? She, she She's a healthy person in general. It's <laughs> the idea. Yeah. She's healthy, but not necessarily hot, but she's so healthy it makes her hot. Is that what the, <laughs> the different idea is? She has her own, like, her own type of hotness. Yeah, she's a good bone structure hotness. Yeah. And, and uh, good clean teeth kind of hotness. All right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, Agnes unmasks Walter Plinge, the janitor, as the ghost, though as he is seemingly harmless, the others are unconvinced. Andre, another employee, is suspected, but he turns out to be a Cable Street particular, which I don't know if you know, that's uh, a playoff of Arthur the Policeman and Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock thing. Mm, no, I didn't catch that. Uh, yeah, it's... Um, let me see... That's um have you you read Sherlock Holmes? A little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh and I recognize that it, that like style that particular yeah. The Cable Street particulars are inspired by the Baker Street irregulars from Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes stories. Pretty cool. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Um is that's he's basically the undercover cops and shit. Um yeah. Granny determines that the finances of the opera house, which are a complete mess, have been made so intentionally in order to hide the fact that the money is being stolen, with the murders being used either as a distraction to cover it up or to cover up the evidence. Sorry. It is finally revealed that two people had been masquerading as the ghost. The original and harmless ghost, Walter Plinge, was being psychologically manipulated and blackmailed by the second ghost, Mr. Salzala director of music at the opera house who assumed the identity to commit the murders and theft and frame Walter. If he ever came close to being caught. Uh, yeah. Walter Blinch is a interesting character. Yeah. (laughs) It's very psychologically fucked little kid who. Yeah. Definitely got molested. Probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This kid got touched by some, uh, opera singer. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like maybe it's just like a, Autistic schizophrenia. You think it's that? Brought on by just literally going nowhere else except the opera house. But at the end, 
they have him put on a fake mask and then it changes they basically, his whole personality. Yeah, they basically fuse, she psychologically fused the two different identities. Yeah. So it was completely psychological. Yeah. Right? It wasn't autism, but he wasn't. I mean, autism you, you can't, is kind of psychological as well. You think so? Well, I don't know. I don't know about that because I've seen some autistic people. And what about the ones that are really they, they're shitting their pants and <laughs> rocking back and I mean, forth? Yeah, in the there's corner. that. That's, the, that's why they say there's a, it's a spectrum, yeah. but a lot of it is psychological. Yeah. Well, I think it depends. Yeah, it's very complicated. I it was is. thinking the other day. I think. Uh, well, first of all, as pharmaceutical companies, they are trying to tack on anything they can to give people medication. Yeah. First of all, because they're about to make ADD a part of the autism spectrum. That'd be wild. They want to make it like the lowest rung of the spectrum, basically. And so that would make me autistic. Same. Right. So, sure. Okay, pharmaceutical companies. Whatever. Welcome to the new autism podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where we talk about autism and trains. (laughs) We did once. (laughs) Yeah. We can do that again. But the autistic, autistic proper, where you feel like this person is very functional. Yeah. And they're, they don't need help, really. Yeah. I think maybe, yeah. I think maybe they're more like cat people. You know what I'm saying? Not the Grebo, though. Huh? <laughs> Not Grebo, though. <laughs> yeah. But like Grebo, yeah. Like <laughs> like the kind of person who, yeah, they know you they that you want them to emote this certain way, but they think it's stupid, so fuck you a little bit. And they're not going to do it. Like Dexter. Kind of. Right, which I respect. Yeah. I like cats, so I think that I think cats are good. I'm I'm much more of a dog person. I don't I don't I don't I, I'm going to emote, and I don't care what people think about that emote emotion. <laughs> like a lot of times, whenever I'm like smiling and shit, people are like, "Oh, you shouldn't like show like very uh, emotions on my sleeve type of person." And then people are like, "Oh, that kind of shows weakness." It's like. Not really. No I'm way. happy in this moment. But like if somebody says something, I'll put his face into a pavement. Like uh, this is When people say stuff like that, they don't know they're they're as dumb as that bitch that doesn't know that Cajun people are people. Yeah. And not just a spice. It's the same thing that you just kind of you never question some dumb thought you had. You never ask yourself why yeah. am I thinking this stupid shit? Yeah. You do, and then you're not only that you don't think about it, then you blurt it out at people. Like, oh, you show your emotions. You're not strong. It's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> who are you? Yeah. That that all depends. None of that means anything. When yeah. people say shit like that, it's like, stop. Just get drunk and shut up. Sometimes that's what you should do. You should not be spreading your opinions because they're dumb. It's like a disease of stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cat person. <laughs> I'm very much a dog person. I'm um, a, I'm a, Gene uh, is also, I'm more of a social cat person, like a tabby. And Gene is more like a cat for 100% cat. Nice. Yeah. But so it works because <laughs> we both love to be alone. And that's it. That might be a little difficult for a couple to be like that. <laughs> now we're, f- it's fine. We both <laughs> like it a lot. Being alone together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's work. It, 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 we, you know, we check in with each other to make sure that one or the other isn't feeling a little too alienated or something. But for the most part, that's good. Just kind of, it's just how it's where our temperaments fit that way. All right. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I hate people. 
That, you know what I'm saying? But I, I don't hate people, but I like being alone. So no worry, we hate you too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'm well, I like I'm people kidding. too, right? Yeah. But I need so I I need so much not people that it's hard for me to make friends yeah. because I need about um 16 hours a day to myself. Yeah, and I'm I'm you know I, I'm a dog person. Like I I enjoy hanging out with people I I enjoy and shit. But like whenever I'm hanging here at the at the creek and I'm in the back patio. Eventually, people will start coming sit into my circle because everybody knows me and shit like mm-hmm. that. But you're a comforting presence in the yes. backyard. And I, 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 cool, whatever. But there are a Plus some the, people. The beard and the hat. You kind of look like a like an like a like a cool garden gnome person, <laughs> like a human, but like a, just a dude, you know, that just you just manifested into a human being, and you got a fitted cap instead of the little pointy bullshit. Yeah. And now you're just chilling. Yeah, but they, it, like people will start coming sit with me in my circle, and then there's like most people I'm cool with come sit in my circle, cool. Unless I look like I'm really busy, like typing some shit up or writing. Uh, but then there's some people that I don't want to converse with at all. I know they're annoying or they're weird in like the worst type of way. I like some weird, but there's some weird that's just like, yeah. Uh, but then also, once it becomes too much. Like once the circle gets like eight or nine people, yeah, heavy, people yelling over your head, I move circles. That's what I do. I, I, I can't like, I, I'm not gonna try to talk to this person and then this person call me and then like I'm talking across the circle with somebody having a conversation. I'm not. I'm not Fuck dealing that. with it. We're not having dinner. There's not even food here. <laughs> There's no reason for me to be here. I get it. Yeah, it's it's like what is this? Yeah. So then I leave. But you see how you feel like there's some people that are you're like ugh I don't want it. Well, I feel that way about most people yeah so but not even i don't think anything negative of them or anything like that it's just that after a while i'm just kind of like all right i gotta go and i and it's gotten more for me like that like at at this point because there's so many new comics coming into the scene and shit at this point i've literally had the thought while like sitting back there i'm like i know i know no one in this back patio right now it's all new comics i don't know any of their names and I'm like, before I would have probably gone and introduced myself, fuck it, start like talking to him and shit. But at this point, where I am in the community and in my life, I'm like, I don't need new friends. Exactly. I, I have yeah. plenty of friends. You I don't. Pull up on friends. <laughs> I don't need to go and yeah. ingratiate myself. I'm fine. Exactly. <laughs> Got a box full of friends. No more room right now. Yeah. Exactly. And if someone doesn't make the effort and it seems like they're genuine, they're not trying to. Uh, like worm their way into the community or some shit, then cool. I might get one new friend, but <laughs> I'm not gonna go join a group of five guys trying to be like, hey, you know, yeah, what's up, jet fellow guys? <laughs> we are in a backyard together. One of your friends. <laughs> you know, it doesn't help that comics have this weird quality where also there are types of them and they all say the same shit Mm -hmm. when you meet them. Yeah. So, and I've been doing this for a while and I'm seeing it. And it's almost like it, let's say if I were to quit comedy right now, within a year, another Melissa would spawn like a video game. 
That's yeah. how it happens. Yeah. You'll see it over time. You'll see it yourself where somebody will the be like. The universe will fill the void of there's no Dominican, Puerto Rican female yeah. comic in this scene. Uh-huh. And that. Yeah. Or whatever this is, right? And then and you'll just see another iteration of it, or or anybody, anybody. Trust you're gonna just watch for it because yeah. it's one of the most interesting phenomenons of comedy that I've ever observed. And it's that it's that who, no matter who quits, it doesn't matter because comedy doesn't need you; it needs your type to work. Yeah. So the minute you're gone, another one and just walks into the creek and just does <laughs> the same thing that that other person did. So, yeah, just watch for it. Well, that doesn't make me feel good if I ever get out of the community that there's just going to be another Well, you're, big not, you're white. not a comedian yet. I'm, I'm still in the scene. I, ha- I have my role. I'm like the security slash uh, it doesn't, it doesn't count for side guy. It's, it's only comedians. Okay. It only works in that sense because everybody else is just living. No one can replace me. Yeah, no one can replace <laughs> you. But com- <laughs> comics are so replaceable that we are so replaceable. It's crazy. The minute Amy Schumer's gone, another fucking one of those psychopaths is going to come over the horizon. You'll see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Another Chris Rock will happen. They just have to go away somehow. Die, quit, whatever. Yeah. I mean, Chris Rock, he... he that shit was crazy. Will Smith slapped him. Yeah, I guess he got slapped out of comedy, if you think about it. Not really. He got slapped back into comedy. I mean, like, he, he recently... Like did a whole special. Oh yeah, and then about he came back shit. with that. <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith sla- slapped his career back in place. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It really, it really slap started his career again. Back up again. Because it was kind of going. Yeah, it was. It was. Not, it wasn't like it was gone, but he hadn't done anything in there. years. Yeah, he hadn't done anything in years, and then he does the the or um, the Oscars, and then yeah, that slap. He was like. Well, now I have shit to say. <laughs> Do you think it was fake? No, I definitely don't think that was planned or fake. <laughs> it was—I guess it was so cringe that it couldn't have been fake. No, oh, yeah, that was—that was insane. Yeah, that was like the whole thing. Like, keep your name, my wife's name, out of your mouth. Yeah. Like, and it, who are you? Th- my favorite thing was Chris Rock made the joke, and then it cuts to a clip of. Will Smith laughing at the joke with Jada Pickett Smith staring daggers into Will Smith. And in the next few seconds, you know, whenever the camera turned away, Will Smith looks at Jada and is like, fuck, I got to fix this somehow. All right, I have to bitch out Chris Rock. <laughs> Which makes you wonder, what was waiting for him at home if he didn't do that? <laughs> if he hadn't have slapped the shit out of Chris Rock? What was waiting for him was, was Jada gonna- Pinkett uh, inviting August over. To fuck in front of Will. Oh, maybe. <laughs> That's what was That's waiting. That's probably what happened. He was like, I can't live through that again. It was so confusing for my sexuality. I was hard, but I cried. He's like, that's I can't was... be there in that place again. That, that, yeah, no, that's what, what was waiting is, hey, I'm going to go fuck one of our, our children's friends again if you don't go slap Chris Rock right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's a crazy bitch. Yeah. I wonder it's it's really hard to tell if it's worse to have a dumb bitch or a crazy bitch. If you had to choose between a dumb bitch or a crazy bitch, which bitch it, would you date? It depends on what you want. If you want really good sex, crazy bitch. Mm, you're right. Yeah. But if you just want a good looking yeah. dumb chick who Somebody on your arm. Yeah. An ar- arm arm candy plus every now and then a, a fuck, a decent a, a okay fuck. But if you want to 
get ridiculous in bed. Crazy bitch. So arm candy versus dick candy. Yeah. Very good. Very good answer. <laughs> Let's get back to this. Yes. <laughs> uh, it is finally revealed that two people have been masquerading as the ghost. The original. Oh, yeah. Uh, Walter Plinge and Mr. Salzella are both uh, the ghost. And Mr. Salzella, who assumed the identity to commit murders and theft and frame Walter if he ever came close to being caught. With the witch's help, Walter is able to overcome his fears and help defeat Salzella who is killed by believing that the fencing staged in opera is actually lethal swordplay, dying despite not actually being injured, although not before delivering a lengthy monologue about his hatred of opera. Walter then goes on to become the new director of music, integrating his own music into the opera, turning them into musicals. He makes cats and shit. Yeah, basically he's he becomes like Sondheim or something yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, that That's was pretty funny. Uh, had... Uh, What's the one, something on a rooftop or something he had written? Or, Cat uh, on a hot tin roof. Yeah, that. Yeah. Slug decided... I went to acting school for a year. Oh, nice. She, she's professional. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I got kicked up. <laughs> Slug decidingly, decidedly abandoning his Enrico Basilica persona after being assaulted and concussed by Salzella, reunites with Angeline Lossie, his childhood sweetheart and is introduced to his long-lost son, Henry Lossie. Agnes, after realizing that she does not fit in with the environment of the opera, returns to Lanker to learn how to be a witch from Granny and to serve as the third member of the Lanker coven. And that's, that's it. the end. Um, they all go back to... Uh, the witches go back to Lanker with Agnes. Um, Granny, in that middle of the f- fight scene, she catches Salzella's sword in her hands which you're not supposed to be able to do. No witches are supposed to be able to magic steal. Mm-hmm. But she, instead, what she did was she just offset the time of the damage that she took to later. Mm-hmm. And then whenever she got back home, she accepted the consequences, set up the bandage, let it cut her hand, and wrap it up. Well, I guess, she because she's becoming uh, so powerful, it's almost kind of dangerous. Yeah. Because she did that thing where she rode the bees yeah. in her head. She, mm-hmm. she uh, what, what was it called? She walked. Borrow. She borrowed into the minds of a whole beehive yeah. colony. And then yeah, that's you're something not supposed to be able to do not, that. Yeah. And so she, she uh, she's she, too powerful. She's, she's testing the waters of the more powerful shit she can do. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but she does keep in mind that she has to face the consequences like this, mm-hmm. you know, so she doesn't turn into Black Alice. I see. Yeah. So, like, yeah, whenever she does do some stuff like that, she accepts the consequences. Kind of like whenever she did the bee thing for a while, she was like, uh, oh, I need flowers and shit like that. She's sitting there buzzing and mm-hmm. Just shoving flowers in her face. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she, she, she knows how to kind of even it out. We'll see about that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's still a lot. Um, let's see. Is a house going to fall on her? Are they going to do a Wizard of Oz version? Well, a house already fell on a nanny. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I liked uh, the characters I like. So uh, Walter Plinge and Henry Slug were really cool. Yeah. Grebo's always fun as a human. And the librarian made an appearance. Yeah, um, librarian. 
as the the piano player was cool, but then he he got the uh, baton and he was actually like doing the whole orchestra and he like raised his arms and they're like and he kept on raising. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was pretty good. Yeah. Oh, and the watch. Uh, you, you you haven't gotten to meet many of the watch yet. Nobby Knobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen him. He's uh has some of my favorite descriptions in all of Discworld. Like that, no one know really knows what race Nobby Knob is. He could be. Oh. He's so ugly that nobody's sure exactly if he's human, goblin, dwarf, or other. So he's so u- ugly he could be a new species. Yes. Wow. All right. He has to have paperwork to to say that he's human. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if you think about it, that is how evolution works. That something becomes so strange to the general population that they're like, get the fuck out of here, you ugly piece of shit. And, and then he's just like, well, fine. And then just becomes a new species. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Ugliness drives evolution. Um, perception of it. Let's see. BuzzFeed listed Masquerade as the 11th best Discworld novel. Um, 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 what are we looking at here? I was just putting up that. Um, I'm actually trying to look for. Oh, it looks like they did a stage adaptation of it. Yeah. In With Prague. Stephen Briggs. Uh, yeah, Stephen Briggs, he, he made a bunch of them into plays. So I figured for sure this one he would have made into a play. Like this is the perfect, almost the perfect one. Yeah, it's, a, it's like, about the theater. This one, Lords and Ladies, I'm sure both have uh, playwright play right. adaptations of them. Um, How many more of these witch novels are left? I think there is possibly one more, and then the uh, Tiffany Aching three-part series. Um, Tiffany Aching, so that that sounds like a good one. Um, see, Lords and Ladies, Masquerade, and then Carpe Jugulum, and then yeah. After Carpe Jugulum, they have three of them based around Tiffany Aching, who is a young witch uh, who starts off her journey and then goes and meets Granny Weatherwax and all them as well. Okay. Is she any good? She's awesome. It, it, they are young adult novels, but yeah, The, the We Free Men is uh, Tiffany Aching meeting uh, the the Scottish little people called the Knack Mac Fiegel. Mm-hmm. Um, and she fights like one of them, Wintersmith, she fights the the um deity of the season winter like crazy shit happens Mm. okay but i haven't read carpe jugulum which is the next one after masquerade so i don't know what that's about oh good well then it'll be a surprise for both of us indeed so carpe jugulum is the next one Mm -hmm. in the series and this is the 11th Discworld, 18th 18th so carpe jugulum is what um Let's see. Let me look it up real quick. Carpe. Twenty third. Yep. Published in nineteen ninety eight. Seize the throat. Sounds very <laughs> cool. <laughs> Bloody. Oh, sweet vampires. Ooh. Oh, I see. That that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that that'd be cool. Yeah, I want to know more about the vampires. Yeah, the only one we've had so far is fucking the photographer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which it's funny. Uh, Otto, it's, right? That's yeah, Otto von Krieg. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and that was hilarious. Every time he takes a picture, he fucking dies. Yeah, that but, was crazy. But yeah, I would like to know more about them. All right. All right. 
Well, thank you everybody for joining us for the Turtle Reads podcast. I am Clay. I'm Melissa. And we'll see you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.